This is Chris Davis with the Baltimore Orioles, and I'm listening to Section 336. Hey, guys. Have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I'm your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the Zany Burt Rohde. What up, Coconuts? Back in Maryland, where I belong. Yeah, and the button lover, Josh Soroka. Really? Always joined by the... Always joined by Burt? <laughs> I know. I should have said occasionally joined by the Danny right. Burt Rohde. Once in a while. When I feel like it. I feel like it tonight, so don't piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> right. hey, you can I walk was, off at any minute. I can slam this laptop shut at any moment. <laughs> All right. I, I was joined by Burt yesterday. In Bert person. Stopped by, Bert stopped by the home yesterday on his way back to uh, Maryland. Oh, wow. Got to, got to see my closet that's now my studio. The, did, he, did he call ahead or just do the pop-in? Uh, I got a text ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was planned. Um, yeah, first visitors to Josh's home in uh, St. Augustine. Very nice. Yeah. So if you're going down to Disney World, I'm on the way. Just stop on by. It's true. It's right me. before you get on I-4. Just stay on 95. Right. And uh, right at it's the Caddyshack true. exit. Yeah, five, five minutes off 95. You won't just randomly find it. You'll want to text me for the actual address, so it'd be a little tough for a pop-in. But fair. you can try. Fair, 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 fair enough. Well, I got I to gotta get your address anyway because I got to send you a uh, Dylan Bundy Dundee. <laughs> a Dylan Bundy Dundee, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I went that to was the, the keys, right? Yeah, it was the keys. I went to the keys game on Saturday. I got there an hour and 15 minutes before the game started, and there was a line going around the stadium already. Like, this is insane. I went up to the uh, cashier guy, and I was like, hey, I want two tickets to gather. He said, we can get you in the bleachers. I was like, I don't do bleachers. I'm sorry. I don't like the bleachers. Give me an actual seat. I mean, there's a Miley game. You get a nice seat for 15 bucks." He said, there's only one section that has two seats together in the whole stadium. Wow. Like, it was, it was if not a sellout, it was a near sellout. And so we got there. Uh, and I, I thought for sure I wasn't even going to get a Dylan Bundy Dundee bobblehead because the line was so long. Uh, but I ended up getting one. Getting two, actually. One for me and one for my son, Silas. So, Silas says, I'm sending to Josh. 
but yeah, it was it was so now I, I fit up the three minor league stadiums uh, closest to me: Darmarva, Frederick, and Bowie. I know I still got to make it down to Aberdeen and Norfolk. Forget about it. But Norfolk, North. it sucks that it's so far away. I've, I've looked at Norfolk before. Norfolk, you want to hit up on a way to or from the Outer Banks. Yeah. Because you drive right by it. And the, I've looked the past couple of years, and timing hasn't lined up for me. Yeah, we're heading down Outer Banks this weekend, but uh, it doesn't work out for me either, the timing. Um, but anyway, can I just say, as far as uh, my experience at all the ballparks, by far the nicest bar, ballpark, in my humble opinion, IMHO, is... The Damarva Shorebird Stadium. That's, and that, that's, that has nothing to do with your geographical bias. No, no, it's Wait. just nice. It's just a nice stadium. They they have no bleachers. They're all seats. Mm-hmm. It's all concrete. What do you right. mean? When I went there, it was like it was concrete bleachers. No, no, no. no. There are no bleachers. All right, they must have went through a remodel. And all seats. Bowie, okay. I think, has the most of the bleachers. Um, but the the ticket people were the nicest. The stadium, uh, the prices were were the most reasonable. Um, the whole experience was was nice. Cool, because you know these minor league games, you're seeing a minor league product, but you're not paying minor league prices for beers. Can I say that much? True. Yeah, you're still talking about eight nine dollars, right? Nine bucks. Yeah, yeah for a sixteen yeah. ounce uh, flying dog there at uh, at Frederick. Well, that's how they make their money. But that place was packed. I mean, there was literally, I've never seen concession lines this long. You had to wait an hour to get a hot dog. It was unbelievable. Wow. But I, I also got really close to, I didn't get my picture taken with because there was a line. I don't do lines. But I got real close to, and I stood behind in close proximity to the great Stanley. I don't know what his name is. From the office. No kid. Uh, yeah. So, he was and, there? Yep. And he looks exactly like he looked in the in the office. Oh, wow. Well, uh, it's, it's not like it's a cartoon or something. He should. Well, he should look like the it's, guy. It's, it's been a few years, but he does look a little bit like a cartoon. He does. <laughs> he does. He um, does. And in person, and and they had um, uh, uh, the, the all the pretzels were on sale in honor of Stanley. Nice this pretzel day. So I got a I got a pretzel. Um, so it, it was all good. Um, all right, let's. Uh, hey, I, I wanted to mention. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Purdue Stadium went through a major remodel this off season. Oh, there you go. So it should be the nicest. And on Fridays they got Big Beer Night, where a thirty-two ounce beer for six bucks. Thirty-two ounce for six bucks. Wow, yeah, that's a steal. You got Burke's attention. Well, the only problem with that, I was a little conflicted when I went with Silas because I got one and it was delicious before the game started. And then I was sitting in the game and like I wanted another beer, but thirty-two ounces was was too much. But to buy a sixteen ounce, it was still like seven fifty. So do I buy the sixteen ounce for seven fifty? Or the 32 ounce for $6. I thought it was morally wrong to turn down, you know, 16 more ounces for a dollar and a half less. But I didn't want to drink all that beer. So I ended up not getting a beer at all. Well, that's, that's, where, you're, you're, that's where you're thinking as a guy who's got to drive a long time home. You're not thinking about most of the people that come out there are Eastern Shore guys that live yeah, out in the Arva and just going to uh, drunk drive back to their farm. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's true. That's how we roll over here. Let's um, hop on the tractor. Yeah. Uh, Bert, I'm glad you're, you're joining us. Bert made a big stink off air. I'm just sharing this with, with our listeners. What About what? His headphones not working? His mic not working? Computer yeah, not working? Yeah, yeah the headphones. He said he said um, he, he wanted to use his old phones, his, whole, his old headphones he used to have, and we're making him be compliant and get new headphones to work with the show. And, if he, he, and he's trying to 
cover up his old headphones to make them to, to make them look like the new headphones. Right. And he says he's going to retire if he's not allowed to use his old headphones. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Right. He's, he, right. He's holding us liable if these headphones bend his ears. It's 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 hindering my binaural hearing. Uh, I need to get you know. <laughs> if if I can't get it, I'm out. <laughs> now the worst part was I'll retire early. To, the worst part was when he tried to trick us with the headphones by putting some tape and some poor paint job over his headphones. Yeah, and don't want to get me started about his feet. Oh yeah, I do it. My feet, <laughs> my feet are a little sore. <laughs> Of course, we're making fun of the the strawberry of the off season, Antonio Brown. Mm. Um, this is like, uh, what, what's with this guy? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, we come on. We knew from his time in in Pittsburgh, we knew he was a he. We knew he was a diva and a head case. Yeah, this is beyond diva though. Like Beckham's a diva. This is like weird. <laughs> uh, he's just the latest. I mean, he's he's had these tendencies his whole career, even with Pittsburgh. But you know it. They're, they're a dime a dozen wide receivers with the diva mindset. Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, OD, o, OD whatever. Odell Beckham. I was, I was saying ODB, but uh, that's uh, ODB. That's someone else. Yeah. Ooh, baby, I like him. <laughs> Same, different guy. Um, Ocho Cinco. Yeah, Ocho Cinco, exactly. Yeah, he is what he is. Now, this is. This, this is, is a different un- level, though, right? Yes, this is unusual territory. You never had uh, Terrell Owens threatening to retire. Over, you know, receiver gloves or something like that. Uh, yeah, except he bought a cashner and immediately backed down from the retiring. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get to some Orioles talk. But real quick, guys, you're, um, the Ravens played one preseason game. Um, how are you guys feeling? You guys, a lot of good reports about Lamar, Lamar Jackson, about about our, our, our receivers. We, there's some, some hope here um, in our receiving core. Are you guys feeling good about the Ravens after one preseason game? Or are you guys waiting for the season? I mean, nobody's going to confuse me with Mr. Film Study, but I'll just say <laughs> I liked what I saw. I liked uh, that uh, we got to see Lamar Jackson for three drives, the last of which any in a touchdown. Uh, defense looks good. It, you can't really take too much away from that they were playing Jacksonville because Jacksonville wasn't even starting anybody on the first team, I don't think. Um so they looked good for playing uh, Jacksonville's B squad, and then even our B squad against their C squad. Uh, you know, it, it was some good things to take away from it. Right. So I, uh, so I've already done a couple film study episodes and all because you know it's he's deep in this and breaking down all the preseason games. Mm-hmm. So I think that it does excite me that Lamar Jackson was looking good passing the ball, and I, I like that kid Miles Boykin. He looks yeah. like a he looks like a more aggressive receiver than we've had in a while. Yeah. yeah, like maybe a taller Steve Smith, faster Steve Smith, something like that. Like that might be the. Jer- I got to get some jersey while I'm down here because I got to represent the Ravens, uh, and it might be a Boinkin jersey over Lamar Jackson. One, of, it's going to be one of those two guys. And he had well, a touchdown taken away from him uh, for a holding yeah. penalty. Yeah, nice catch. Yeah, I, Josh, I would go ahead and tell you to shy away from the Miles My- Boinkin jersey. How many receivers have we seen have good practices, um, good spring camps? Right. Well, in that case, uh, what's his name? Chris Moore had a good game, too. Yeah. Chris Moore has been having good preseasons for, for the past 10 years. We, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't <laughs> – receivers, for some reason, receivers always get talked up. Yes. And then the season happens and they disappear. So, it's gotta be I, I would hold off on buying a Ravens receiver jersey. 
um, at this point. It was yeah, yeah, it was definitely good to see Boykin and Chris Moore. But let's be real: once the season starts, once Week One gets here, it's Mark Andrews every pass. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, and hopefully some Hayden Hurst sprinkled in there. I'd like to see that. That would be nice. Yeah, right. So uh, speaking of film study, I will say we've done a couple podcasts together, and he is no longer with Russell Street Report. So uh, he's now on filmstudyravens.com, which is a site that I'm running in conjunction with him to uh, get his content out there. So people should check out filmstudyravens.com for all your nerdy Ravens uh, analysis. Hmm. Uh, And how'd that transition go over? Um. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the, I, I, yeah. Well, right. we, we we left Russell Street, Utah Street, a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And we all know why we left. So, uh, we now Ken's left, and I think there's guys over there that we still have a good relationship with that write for that site, that edit for that site. I mean, we still have a great relationship with Derek. Love Derek over there. Mm-hmm. So I got nothing bad to say about them. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, yeah, it was just, uh, I don't know how, because I know Film Study has a large kind of loyal following um, who just, who love Film Study and are real into that Film Study nerd deep stuff, so. Yeah, well, yes. Let's just say some people can't keep their mouth shut and it hurts for other relationships. Yeah. All right. I mean, <laughs> and we went, you know, that happened to us. It bound right. to probably happen to Ken. Right. Yeah, we don't have to get too, too into no. it. I was just... No. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll fill, you, I'll fill you in after the show. All right. All right. Now, now, now my interest is peaked. Let's hurry yeah. up and get through the show so we can get to the good right. stuff. Yeah. If, if a listener wants to know, just DM me. Yeah. I, uh, I'll say, uh, and we were in this position last year when the Orioles were pretty terrible come football season. But so this is the second year in a row where like I, I'm, I'm ready for football season. You know, for those yeah. few years when the Orioles were good, I'm like, forget about the Ravens. I'm, I'm all in with the Orioles until the right. playoffs were over. Now I'm like I can't wait till Thursday night to watch this stupid second preseason game. Yeah, well, I'm with you, and I'm all in because this is also and we talked about this last year. The moment Lamar Jackson walked in as quarterback, this yes. became a different team, a more exciting team to watch. Yes. No offense to Josh's boy Joe Flacco, this is just a much more entertaining team to watch. So I'm pumped for this season too. Good point. How'd Joe do in Denver's first game? Uh, did he even play? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't check. Um, but you're right, especially this year. When there might be a case where I know more of the guys on the uh, Ravens preseason team than pitching for the Orioles. That's right. Um, Kudos to you if you knew who Ty Block was starting today's (laughs) game. Props to you who we just recently, right in the past week or two, uh, picked off waivers from the Giants. Um, I think think we picked him up off the Giants because we're so mad at how well uh, Mike Iskremsky's playing that we're like, man, we need to get back at them by picking up one of their guys and having him play re- really well for us. Um, but that's not really off to a good start today. Hey, Josh, you're going to go down to Miami for week one? They don't, no, it's, that's in Baltimore, right? No, it's in Miami. I'm kind of tempted to do that then. Four and a half hours from where you are. That's not bad. Yeah, get, I, getting tickets shouldn't be a problem, right? It's Miami. Yeah, at the Hard Rock Stadium. I don't know. I'd, I've I'd been there look- before. Weird. I looked at this Ravens schedule a, a few months ago, and I thought I thought they were all uh, no games in Florida. Nope. Miami, week so, one, at Dolphins. All right. I'm going to consider that. I got to see. If Ken's coming down, maybe I will go down and meet him. There you go. That's, I think that, you know what? I think that's, is that Labor Day weekend? 
Uh, that might be the same time that the Orioles are in Tampa. No, it's the weekend after Labor Day. It's uh, okay. September 9th, September 8th. Gotcha. All right, then maybe. Big maybe. If any listeners are we got, we got a big maybe. <laughs> big, oh, babe, big maybe, baby. Hey, hey, if I was back in Arnold and you said, are you going to the game at M&T, I'd say no. Well, no. So a maybe is a step up. Uh, if there's a free ticket involved, sure. If, if any listener is out there and going and has another ticket, I'm 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 there. <laughs> hit, hit me up. Otherwise, I don't know about going by myself four and a half hours to then watch a four-hour game. But we'll see. All right, can we get some Orioles talk? Sure, sure. Where do you want to talk? I want to uh, the the blowout, the comeback, the fight. Yeah, let's start with the fight. We can get to the blowout and the comeback, which I think was pretty cool and pretty impressive. It says a lot about this baseball team. Losing twenty three to two and then coming back in the next game against Justin Verlander. But before we get there, um, we haven't spoken about the Davis Hyde debacle. Oh yeah. Now to now to recap what happened, uh, Davis I guess was was um, he made a bad play in the infield that cost Soros some runs. He comes back to to the dugout. He's upset about it. Apparently he he throws something. I think it it, it might have nicked Hyde a little bit. Hyde says something to Davis. Davis is still frustrated about, you know, his bad defensive play. And and whatever Hyde said to him, which we don't know, caused Davis to blow up. And Davis started to run after Hyde. And it took Trumbo and a couple other guys holding Davis back as Hyde scampered into the dugout. Yeah. Um, or scampered into the clubhouse. Right. Uh, away. Uh, I, I, he removed, he left the dugout running away. Um, and Davis eventually was held back, and Davis was benched at that point. Um, and that's kind of what happened. Both uh, Hyde and Davis were dismissive of it, saying, you know, it's just you know, it's just something that happens. We're sorry it happened on tape. There was no fines levied, no suspensions, and everyone's kind of moved on. Guys, what, what does this altercation say about Davis, Hyde? Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on all this stuff? I think this is kind of wonderful. I want to hear your takes. I got I got two things. I my first thing seeing Hyde uh, manager Hyde scamper down the hallway back to the clubhouse first kind of turned me off. I'm like, come on, be a man. But then yeah. I also strawberry. Put my, I put myself in his shoes, and if a raging out Hulk like Crush Davis is coming at you, I think I'd probably scamper too. <laughs> <laughs> and and in Hyde's defense, he did say. He was just trying to get it out of the view of the cameras. So sure. he wasn't trying to run away, according to him. He was just trying to take it away from where the cameras could sure. see. If you want to have it out, let's have it out down the hallway here. Yeah. I still put my money on Chris Davis. And the other thing is, Mark Trumbo hasn't been around all season. The one, the, the time he's back now, he's breaking up the what could have been the most exciting thing of the entire season. Another guy spoiling, another time he's spoiling the party. I'm so over this guy. <laughs> Even when he's not playing, he's still messing everything up. Yes. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> so those are my two thoughts. <laughs> Josh, what you got on this? Yeah. I, uh, okay. It's it's. I think Davis said it the best at the end, where he reached a breaking point. I think I'm kind of surprised Davis hasn't reached a breaking point. Yeah. What took so now. long? <laughs> he sucks. He's so bad, and he's struggling like every night to have these O four nights. Um. He at least got a sack fly yesterday to get a uh, get an RBI, but he's just he's been so bad. I don't know why it took 
I don't know what it sounded like. What Hyde said was something about his defense, and that is what upset him. Well, he was upset I, himself for the defense, and I think he was just taking his frustrations out on someone else when he's really upset at himself. Yeah, so I think that's that's how he would phrase it. I don't know. Mark Trumbo, though, since then is supposed to be hitting up rehab because he's still planning for September activation. Who cares? <laughs> so. I think this this high Davis I think was a lot of positives. Um, I agree. Burt pointed out one negative that Trump uh, that that not Trump but Trumbo broke Trump. it up. Um, I just was was digging up old T shirts and I found my make uh, Baltimore great again Trumbo 2018 T shirt. Yeah, that's what, that's when we all like like Trumbo. Yeah, um, and like Trump. No, oh, sorry. Um, I, but the one negative, but the biggest yeah, negative I mean, for me. I'm in Florida. Everyone here likes Trump. <laughs> the the biggest negative for me from the whole Chris Davis and Hyde thing is I thought this was a perfect opportunity to make manager Hyde puns as manager Hyde went and hid. Right. Um, but I didn't see a single manager Hyde pun. So I don't know if I missed it or something, but I was disappointed in Birdland for that. But I, I thought it was good in, in so many respects. It gave all the Oriole fans something to talk about. I never listened to 105.7. I turned on 105.7 um, the next day because I want to hear what everyone's saying about it. A lot of Chris Davis bashing. Um, Oriole fans are quick to take the side of, of Hyde, this new manager who we really don't know anything about, and turn our back on one of our own, Chris Davis. So well, that was also interesting got to see. A chance, also got a chance for uh, Dan Clark to get some inside information with his sources telling him that the Orioles would be releasing Chris Davis over the incident. <laughs> Is that what he's tweeted out? Oh, okay, yeah. 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 Now, now they're going to release him. It has nothing to do with right. what he's done on the field or has right. not done on the field because uh, he charged the rookie manager. Yeah, and I thought it brought up two interesting conversations, one about what to do with Chris Davis. The other one about, like, this was, I feel like, one of Hyde's first big tests. And I think this is a good thing because we got to find out if Hyde is the manager of the future. So here's kind of his first fight with a player, which is kind of interesting, right, because Hyde is a guy who prides himself – Matt, 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 manager Hyde, that is, prides himself on being a player's first coach, right? All about the relationships. I get along with all the players. Like, I'm buddy-buddy with them. And here he is in an altercation with one of his players. So I thought that was really interesting. And what do we learn about Hyde throughout this this uh, kind of debacle? Uh, we, we, we learned that he is concerned with the optics of it, right? Like, his first concern immediately, like, let me get away from cameras. thought that was interesting. He also learned, and this is in keeping with that, he's not a transparent dude at all. He did not tell us what he said. He didn't really tell us any information. Uh, very non-transparent. I was disappointed in that. Um, uh, but we, we also learned, and I was curious to see, how would other players react to this, right? Are other players taking Chris Davis' side? Are other, like a veteran of the team? Or are they just going to side with this new, new manager? I wanted, and I didn't see this. This was disappointing. If... I wanted every player on the team to be interviewed about the incident. I wanted this to be water wall coverage for a month. Hyde Davis water wall coverage for the next month. Ask every player about it. I want to sit down with Hyde, an interview sit down on, on, on 2020 with Hyde and Davis both there sitting across one another. I thought this could have been played out a lot more. It kind of went away real fast, which is disappointing. I thought we could have played this up a lot more. Uh, but in the end, this does raise an interesting question about Davis. Were you guys surprised, or do you think the right decision was made in that there was no suspension or fine after Davis, a player, 
went after his boss trying to fight him. There was no fine or suspension. Are you guys okay with that? I think the only reason there could have potentially been one is because it was in the dugout, called on camera during a game. These things might go down all the time in the locker room. We just don't know about it. And he didn't he didn't touch Hyde. He got in his face. He got had to be held back. But how many times do we see an, a manager or a player get held back yelling at an umpire? I mean, this stuff happens. If anything, you would handle it in-house. But it sounds like Hyde and Davis worked things out on their own and didn't need uh, Elias to get involved or any sign. It's not, it's not the NBA or like – or even the NFL sometimes where the players are going around the coaches to the owners and management and stuff. I think I think high, I think everyone handled it fine. The only player I even saw interviewed about it was Trumbo, who had the same talking point of this thing happens, things like this happen all the time. It just happened to get caught on camera. And I don't think either one of them, I mean, I don't know, hides the manager, but he's still a rookie first-year manager on a garbage team. Neither one of them have the uh, like an upper hand like leverage. You could say Hyde does because he's the manager, but he's you know Davis but has Davis been here longer. Of money. He could make it a lot more money than Hyde. So and neither I don't know. I have a feeling it, I could see it happening where after the game or the next day when they all show up at the clubhouse. They sit down together and be like, well, well, that was embarrassing. I wish that wasn't called on camera. They have a laugh about it. And then they're like, apologize. I got heated, blah, blah, blah. And that's why it's a non-story. And that's why nobody's getting fined or suspended or DFA'd or anything like that. Yeah, the best thing for the Orioles is that they had an off day the next day. Yeah. So it was just quiet. They're both over it at this point, And it was less than a week ago. Yeah, it's too bad. The, the couple things that sur- surprised me. I listened to talk radio the next day and all three hosts on the morning show on 157 were saying, you know, he definitely should be suspended. And my issue with that is um, my, my, my first issue is, is they said it had nothing to do with it being Chris Davis. It had nothing to do with it being his performance, how much money he's making. Just whenever a, a player goes after a manager like that, you know, there has to be consequences. But I would argue that if the same situation happened with Trey Mancini, no one would be call, calling for a suspension. I think the only reason people are even calling for suspensions or fines is because they're all fans are already annoyed with Chris Davis, and this was just something else. If this is Trey Mancini, people would just say, "Oh, he's he's been fired up recently." By the way, Trey Mancini has been fired up recently. He's arguing with umps like every game now. Um, but but people would just say like he cares a lot, right? Like no, 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 like no one's criticizing Trey Mancini for getting all passionate because uh, no, Chris Davis been Trey, playing poorly. They would say, if it was Trey, they would say Hyde lost the clubhouse, and they put it all on Hyde, and it's all Hyde's fault. It's it's, yeah. it's not a surprise. The fans are over Chris Davis, and that's why you know it happened. And like you said, if it was Trey or somebody else, they they would have treated it differently. But Chris Davis, he's not allowed any missteps right now because we're just over it. Yeah, uh, and the thought that this would be the event that caused Chris Davis to be DFA'd doesn't make any sense, right? Like. You hired Mike Elias to be kind of a logical, kind of mathematical, analytical kind of guy, not a impulsive, reactionary, oh, Chris Davis got upset the manager, I'm going to DFA him right, right, right away. If you're going to DFA him, you'll DFA him based on his performance, right. not for one little um, overdramatic moment in a, in, a, in, a, in a dugout. 
It's not a Kareem Hunt situation where something terrible, security footage, you DFA him right away. Yeah, even though there was video footage. Uh, but no one was dragged out of an elevator. No. And uh, Brandon Hyde's a, a grown man, too. <laughs> that's true. Uh, that, that, that's true. And I think, and the more I think about it, the more I think there's really no reason... And I said this at the beginning of the year. There's no reason to DFA Chris Davis. And I know a lot of people talk about, well, sunk cost and uh, whatever. He's not holding up anyone's spot. He's not blocking a roster spot. He is helping you get the number one pick, making Burt happy. And I think more than that, Mike Elias, like this is the ultimate experiment, right? Like this is the ultimate time. This is the only time probably in Mike Elias' career where he can take someone like Chris Davis and say, hey, maybe I can try to fix him. Maybe I can fix him. So I think Chris Davis is going to be here for the rest of the year. I think in the offseason, Michael Elias is going to continue to work to try to fix Chris Davis. And I think Chris Davis is going to be back next year. And it's like Michael Elias is now a little experiment, right? And because this can only turn out well for Michael Elias, right? If he stays, if, if Michael Elias, if, if Chris Davis stays and he sucks, then he helps you get a good draft pick. Um, and everyone expects him to suck. If somehow he becomes halfway decent, then Michael Elias is a genius for somehow resurrecting a, a lost and dead career. Yeah. I don't know. Where... Yeah, as bad as Davis is playing, you can't blame these big. You can't blame this twenty-three to two loss on Chris Davis. And we're four months into the season. There, nobody's fixing Chris Davis at this point. Yeah, Michael Elias not... is not going to fix Chris Davis. I think. I think he's. Could, there's serious uh, possibility they cut him at the end of the season. They let him go because you you say there's nobody coming up. So what's the difference? But. I think it would make for a healthier competition for first base or DH or a left-handed power hitter at any position is Chris Davis is out of the picture. That yeah. there's a legit open spot that somebody is going to be good enough to take on the major league roster that Chris Davis is not good enough to have anymore. As opposed to just wasting a roster spot yes. with Chris Davis. Even yeah. if it's going to be a minor league guy who's not ready yet or a minor league guy who could never – it could be like another Renato Nunez or Rito – Rio Ruiz situation where the guy's Jace just Peterson, yeah, exactly. But it's he, Jace Peterson's contributing more than Chris Davis, yeah. So let him go and let a young guy have it for the year. And if he's good, a young Mike Elias and his whole revamping the system has a better chance of fixing or adjusting or uh, carving a young guy into a major league caliber player than he has of fixing Chris Davis. Chris Davis is broken and beyond fixing at this point. Yeah. And that's what makes this year different, not knowing how the next year gets handled yet. What makes this year different is they're not – if you're not – if you're good, they're not – they don't want you up from the minors. They want to leave guys in the minors. They don't want to rush you up because you're not going to contribute. There's nothing that you can learn in the majors. They don't want these guys to come up and learn how to lose. Right. Is, is there going to be, like, September call-ups like there have been in prior years, or is that non-existent this year because we don't want this those guys This is the last season. There? Yeah, no. This is the last season. There's September call-ups. Um, but, I mean, are the Orioles going to – they're not going to be calling up the Mount Castles of the world and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't think so because to do that, I think the bigger concern is you have to be called up, you have to be on the 40-man roster. And so that would mean making room on the 40-man roster for Ryan Mountcastle. Um, but like guys, like an interesting guy to watch is McKenna, who I think is in Bowie now. Like he has to be on the forty man next year. So maybe those kind of guys could get called up. The guys who have to be put on the forty man next year. But I don't think. I mean, they could call up like Austin Hayes. I think is already on the forty man. Mm -hmm. So Austin Hayes could is a likely September call up. 
Gotcha. Um, I think if you're not on the 40-man already, I think it's more unlikely that you get caught up in September. Yeah, I think any of these pitchers that are going up and down as, as they're needed, I think they'll call them all up because the pitching's been so horrible and unpredictable. You just need as many arms as you can get to get out of the year. Yeah, yeah. You're right on the horrible. I don't know about the unpredictable. I think they're actually pretty darn predictable in, in what they're going to do when they get out there, these pitchers. They're going to give up four to five home runs a night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's been uh, what happened in New York, or what happened here against New York, um, then what happened against Houston, and now what's happening against New York again is is a display that proves both how juiced the balls are because the balls are going like 6 million feet. Um, well, we had the longest home run by Carlos Correa, the longest home run in Camden Yards history. Yeah, that was pretty. Yeah. Right. That, Over that's both bullpens. Than... Yeah. <laughs> right. Longer than anything during the steroid era. The, I think the Cal Ripken statue caught it in the air. That yeah. Rio, that home run, Correa home run. Yeah, so it's like a perfect uh, storm of the worst pitching in baseball history with the most juiced balls in baseball history, which leads to Thoreau's giving up literally like it seems like five home runs every game. It's been really bad. Um, the worst of which was a couple of days ago when we lost 23-2. to Josh's boy got to, got to pitch another um, Stevie Wilkerson appearance. Uh, I'm sure Josh was excited for that. But did give up a couple of runs. Um, but I thought one of the most impressive things for that, first of all, can I say, if you lose, and, and I didn't watch the whole game, admittedly, if you lose 23 to 2, I don't think we hit any other batters. If I'm losing 10 to 2, I'm starting to throw balls at the other team. <laughs> right? How, at, at some point, you got to start hitting their players. And, and we did it the next day, which I was happy to see. We hit one of their players the next day. And that's what led to Asuna hitting Cisco in the ninth inning, leading us to win. See, if you start hitting their players, good things happen. I'm a little bit old school. I'm a coconut. I say if you start to lose, um, you have to start hitting their other – you have to start throwing at them. That's the only way. Or they'll keep on hitting home runs. And maybe they'll still keep, keep on hitting home runs, but at least you're, you're doing something, like throwing at them. Right. <laughs> but I thought it was a – a cool and impressive moment in this season. After losing 23-2, to you uh, face Justin Verlander, who we have a history with, um, a pretty good history. And we went against Justin Verlander, and I think he gave up the most hits he had all season. He gave up nine hits. Um, and so we didn't roll over after losing 23-2. to And then, you know, after Michael Givens, why on earth he ever pitches more than one inning is beyond me. But you saw we blew the lead, and then to come back in the ninth inning and new father Ruiz to hit a home run to win that game was kind of one of the highlights of this year. And I think it's really cool that that came right after the Orioles lost 23-2. to So I thought a pretty cool moment yesterday with a comeback win for the Orioles. A highlight in what's been a season yeah. with very few highlights. Well put, well put. All right, you guys. <laughs> all right, you guys got nothing to say about yesterday's I mean, game? No, I mean yesterday's game was fun. It was good. It broke up the five-game slide. But now we started today with two games in New York, uh, with this doubleheader for the four-game series in New York. Then we go to Boston. It's just more losing. It's it's wearing on on me. We haven't beaten the Yankees once this season, right? 
Not in Baltimore. Oh, okay. They swept us in Baltimore. We I won the opening had... series against them uh, in New York. Yeah. That's right. We did well That's in right. New York. Yeah. Back in April. <laughs> I know. And the thing is, the thing that kills me is this Yankees lineup isn't even their full-strength lineup. Like the Astros, I look at that lineup and that pitching staff. I, I don't know. It's just like how I don't – I wonder here every week, how did the Orioles ever win a single baseball game? It's beyond me. Yeah. And I look at it the same way for the Yankees uh, uh, and, and well, for, uh, for the Astros. I think, how does the Astros ever lose a single game? You don't hear, you can't understand how the Orioles have won any games this year after looking at the Astros lineup and pitching staff. Well, yeah, and likewise, I don't understand how the Astros ever lose a baseball game. <laughs> and so the fact that we beat them one time, I, it's, I call it a successful season. Let's end the season now. Forfeit the rest of the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but just the, the talent level disparity, even when we play the Yankees and half their guys are hurt, which is the Yankees are having a great season, especially because they've been missing half their players for most of the season. It's really impressive what the Yankees are doing. It's a shame the Orioles couldn't pull a George Costanza after yesterday and just be like, that's it. Thank you We're very out. much. It's been a good right. season. We're done. <laughs> hey, speaking of the Yankees, did you guys listen to – um, the R2C2 podcast this week where they had Zach Britton on. I know Josh did. I did not yet. Oh. It's in my it's in my queue. Matt did. Oh, you should. You, you want to fill us in about it? Well, you should check that you out. Have... There's a funny story Zach Britton tells about getting his number 53. I guess when he made, I don't know when this was, when he first made the team, um, the, uh, I guess the um, player, I don't know who it is, the some guy in the clubhouse guy, Said, hey guys, before the season starts, this is the last chance to change your number before the regular season starts, right? Like it's going from spring training to regular season. Zach Britton had made the team, the first year he made the team. If you want to get a new number, here's your chance to get a new number. And Zach Britton was 53, and he was going to change it, I think, to like 55 in honor of his girlfriend or something. And so he went to, to Buck Showalter to change his jersey number, right? And he said, hey, hey, Buck. I want a New Jersey number because they said, you know, this is time to change it. And, and Buck looked at him and Buck Showalter said, just be happy to make the team, kid. And, <laughs> and Zach Britton just put his head down and walked out. <laughs> and he's been 53 ever since. Yeah. I thought that was great. They also talked about um, the, you know, the, um, the Toronto uh, Obato Jimenez incident. Oh, being left in the pen. Being left in the pen. Um, they talked about that. And I thought they had both. Sabathia, CC Sabathia in Britain had a pretty interesting conversation about what went down there. Um, so you guys should definitely check out did R2C2. They, did they talk about his name change? No, that, that never came up. But it's, they did talk about some great stories about Buck Britton, who now I think is a manager at the Bay Sox. Um, Bay Sox. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, some good conversation between uh, Zach Britton and, and, and his brother and, and, play, and playing together in the minors. They had some good stories about that, too. Does it seem weird to you, either of you, that Zach Britton needed to go to Buck Showalter about changing his jersey number. Like, does that? Why is that yeah. Buck Showalter's job? <laughs> yeah, I think that's where uh, Britton went wrong. Like, I think Britton, when he wanted to change his jersey number, he's just made the team. I think you don't go to Buck Britton, to, to Buck yeah. Showalter in this situation. There's got to be some like administrative assistant that handles that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that's got to be just a young player who doesn't know who to talk to about anything besides the manager. Yeah, but Zach Britton just comes across as like. A guy who just, like, doesn't want to cause trouble, just wants to kind of make everybody happy, 
just kind of wants to fly under the radar, kind of respects authority figures. Right. And so <laughs> not going to see him trying to fight the manager. Yeah. And so you can just tell like, this was a very like awkward moment for him to get told off by Buck Showalter as a rookie. <laughs> um, but just, you guys should check that podcast out. It, it's, it's good stuff. R2C2. Yeah. Um, you guys see the Orioles schedule was released for the, for next year. Isn't that, yeah. Is, yeah. is this one's always released? That seems like really early. It, it's normally, yeah, it's normally released in this time. All right. But no, normally we're a little more excited about it. You know, normally there's at least a little bit of hope or something. So, all right. So we start the season at home, which is fun, but it's against the Yankees. So we'll be welcoming the World Series champs. Yeah. Who's, the, who's our opening day starter? Good question. Have they announced it yet? Uh, it's got to be John Means, right? John Means? Tay, Tay uh, Scott. <laughs> you mean Tay- Taylor Scott? Or you mean Tanner Scott? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that should be... Yeah, we, well, we'll get to that. This whole offseason, I think, should be a really interesting offseason with what the Orioles kind of try to do. Oh, it's Alex Cobb. That's who it is. Forgot he's still on the team. Yeah. yeah, guy disappears off the radar for a year and a half, and they're going to hand him the opening day starter. Hey, I would be. Look, hey, if he's just in the starting rotation, I would be. Uh, yeah, right. Pretty surprised. Yeah, Alex Cobb. Talk about a busted contract that was. We complain a lot about the Chris Davis contract. There's been a lot of recently, a lot of bad contracts. Um, whether you want to talk about Ubaldo or whether you want to talk about more recent ones, not just Chris Davis, but the Mark Trumba contract now looks terrible. Mm-hmm. That Cobb contract looks terrible. It's almost like every decision we made. I mean, a lot of people point back to that moment, right, where we didn't sign Nelson Cruz, but we did sign Mark Trumba as kind of the turning point of a franchise. But uh, there's just been a lot of bad th- and, and signings at the time. Like, I thought the Alex Cobb signing was a good signing at the time. Um, but just every signing we've made, didn't work out. Remember, it was like him or like Lynn was the other guy, Cobb or Lynn. And turned out Lynn is now this year having a really great year. We made the wrong decision. It just seems like every decision we made as a franchise the past couple of years as far as signing players has been the wrong decisions. I'm going to be interested to see when, and it does, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, but at some point, Mike Elias is going to sign somebody to a big contract. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm anticipating when that's going to happen, who it's going to be, and how it plays out. Because, like you said, the last few big contracts we've handed out have been garbage. Yeah, yeah, and I would say not this off season, but maybe next off season you can start to talk about it. Sure. Because um, it's also going to depend like who's available, right? Like you might want to sign a guy, you know, in three years when you're really going for it. But if he's open in two years and he's a young player, you might want to give him the big contract then. So yeah, I agree. It's going to be. I don't expect him to do anything this off season, um, but it should be interesting to watch when he does decide to make right. that and move. It could always. And it could always be the Mancini extension. At some point, you got to decide if Mancini's part of this future and extend him or get rid of him. So, I mean, that's the only guy on the team that could get an extension and a contract worth talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, like, whenever we talk about the kind of the stage of this rebuild, like, this is the bottom of the rebuild. Like, this is, there's very few redeeming qualities about this team at all. Like, Trey Mancini might be, like, what, the fourth or fifth best player on the Astros. And he's our best player. Right. Um, So it's kind of laughable how bad we are. And, like, I know sometimes it seems like we have some good players. Like, Villar's a nice player. Alberto has a nice batting average. Trey Mancini's having a good year. Santander is having a great year. Kind of out of nowhere. But make no mistake about it. Like, we are at – this is – 
I, I, I don't think this team will be any worse under Michael Elias than it is right now. This yeah. is the bottom. I lo- that's a good way of right. putting it. Yeah, we're at the bottom now. We we might still be down there a little while longer, but we can't get any lower than we are right now. It's, yeah, right. It can few, only go up a few from weeks here. ago. Yeah, a few weeks ago, Gary Thorne said it great, where he said, "This is not the Orioles rebuild. This is the tear down, so we can start the rebuild." <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's true. And there was a good tweet two two days ago. Or maybe yesterday, talking about games that happened two days ago from from our friend Adam Pohl, friend of the show, where he talked about, and this is going back to Saturday um, when we lost um, um, twenty three to two. But that same day, these things happened in the minors: um, Ryan Mountcastle and Austin Hayes uh, um, um, had back to back home runs for Norfolk. In Bowie, Dean Kramer um, threw five innings and struck out ten batters, giving up zero runs. In Delmarva, the same day on Saturday, um, Grayson Rodriguez um, had uh, had uh, ten strikeouts in five no hit innings for Delmarva. So good news for all our prospects in Delmarva at Bowie at Norfolk. The same day we lost twenty three to two to the Astros. All in all, in perspective, Saturday was a really good day for the Orioles. All the good news was at the minors, right? None of the right. good news. But that's what you want now. Who cares what happens at the major league level? Um, what you want sure. is these minor league teams playing well and these prospects playing well. And our minor leagues, especially our top players, are having great years. Uh, and so this is this is this has been really a good season for the Orioles in the spot where you really want to see growth in the minors. And that's, that's where you're seeing all the growth. So I think we're going to look back on this year and say – this is a really good season for the Orioles, despite the Major League Club's win-loss record. I agree. I think if you look at it the opposite way, I would I would never trade an Orioles twenty-three to two win for like a, a minor league disaster, somebody getting hurt or something like that. Like who cares? Yes, lose twenty-three to two every game if the minor league guys are being groomed to uh, change the direction of that. Yeah, yeah. And for a fan, like, it kind of sucks because you don't watch Grayson Rodriguez and Delmarva unless you have that subscription to Minor League where you can watch it on a grainy TV screen. Um, but you watch the Major League squad, and so all you see is, oh, we lost 23-2, we're a laughing stock. And half the fans don't even pay attention to, actually, we had a really great game in the minors, and our guys really crushed it. I, I mean, I, I would not even known unless I saw the tweet by Adam Pohl tweeting out how good, of all these, how good a game all these players had. Right. And so it's hard because... Fans don't see it all the time, but there's really good thing hap- good things happening in the minors. I think I might go to Aberdeen this weekend. I'm not doing anything on Saturday. I gotta see that Adley Rushman kid. Yeah, go see, he just had a, he had his first walk off uh, this week. Beautiful walk off singles. I think he's playing a little better now. So that's a good jersey to get by the way can can, can you buy uh, an Orioles Rushman jersey at this point or no I'm sure you can an they Orioles want your money one? yeah can I go in the Orioles team store because they didn't have them in the Orioles team store but can I go on like their website Orioles.com on the internets and get a Adley Rushman I don't know about that uh, but, uh, jersey I saw on Twitter at the Iron Burns games now you can get a Rushman baseball card I might get that okay okay can I get an Iron Birds jersey with Rushman's name on it Probably. Yes, because I, I saw people in his first game, I saw people uh, 
getting his jerseys signed and going and scalping them for a bunch of money. I guess it's not scalping, but just reselling them for a bunch of money, ripping people off. But it, but um, is, is this uh, knockoffs made in China, or is this just like made by the Major League? I think they're made by Major Leagues. Right. I don't know. I'm seeing them online, but they're not sold by the MLB shop. They're sold by uh, what? The sports sports roster go. Yeah, it sounds shady. That to might me. be China. Yeah, it sounds yeah. sounds China. Uh, uh, yeah, they, they could probably get those the same what place they get the minor league baseballs. <laughs> right, right. Pennies hey, on the dollar. Same, <laughs> hey, but it's also the same factory I will be ordering my Lamar Jackson jersey from. There you go. Because I'm all about those those thirty dollars jerseys. If the price is right. So, um, cut, cut, coming up this week for the uh, Orioles. We have New York for um, you know two two more games after this. Then we have Boston, and then things get a little bit easier with KC and Tampa Bay. And not, not that much easier actually. But I'm just I hate playing New York. I, I'm done with New York. I, I don't want to play them anymore. Well, hopefully you haven't been watching the game as we did this podcast because as we're recording or closing up the show, it is the bottom of the sixth inning, and Torrey's just hit his second home run of the night. And it is eleven to three. Uh, and and he was like oh for something coming into the game. He was struggling. So you, yeah. you're struggling. You come play the Orioles and, and you get right. But you know this is the last time we play the Yankees this year. So that's good because I'm sick of them. So for the last right. month and a half, we don't get to see the Yankees again, which makes me happy. That's good. I mean, we still got to play Red Sox and yeah. But the Red Sox by this point, the Red Sox is pretty much out of the playoffs. That also makes me happy that the Red Sox right. are seemingly out of the playoffs, aren't they? Like seven and a half close to it out of the watt card. Yeah, they're done. And I mean, we're going to give Yankees four wins here. That's going to help spread that out some. Oh yeah, that. but and then we play the Rays. But we'd say we've played the Rays pretty good this year, for as good as they are. Yeah, yeah. The games have been competitive, unlike the Yankees. All right, guys, you ready to get out of here? Yeah. So Josh can go buy his Miles Boykin jersey. <laughs> it's, it's probably going to be Lamar Jackson. The only time to wear a Ravens wide receiver jersey is during spring training. I mean, I'm during preseason games. Training camp. Because right. once the season starts, they all disappear. All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. Josh, thanks for playing the music this time so I can hear it. You can uh, follow us. Play, play it every time. No, I don't hear it every time. You can follow us on all your social media sites, Facebook, Instagram. Go ahead and, and uh, follow us, subscribe on iTunes, and give us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. It helps us get the word out of the show. Right. Type a little review in there, too. Tell people you enjoy it. Yeah. Type, I enjoy it. Period. <laughs> right. Welcome back, Bert. That should be your comment. Yeah. But force me to tweet something, because uh, unless somebody tweets to me... I haven't tweeted since uh, June 28th. <laughs> okay. I'm going to add all my tweets from now on with at Burt Rohde. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just to get him engaged. Now, uh, Burt hit me up on Twitter this week, reminding me that I am in Jacksonville territory. Oh, that's true. As I wanted to watch the Ravens game. That's true. I just wanted to make sure you, you knew where you were geographically. It was on local <laughs> <Yeah>. television. <laughs> I did not realize it, even though I drove to Jacksonville today to do some school shopping. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Bert on Twitter. At Bert Rohde. And Josh. At Josh Roker. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Birds.
Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.